You're listening to Tea with Basha, a podcast that inspires you to curate your life and be the version of yourself that you want to be. My name is Basha Restrepo, and I'm sharing lessons, perspectives, and discussing topics that will help you help yourself. Because as they say, everything that you need is already within you. Hello, friends. Thank you so much for tuning in today. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here with us, and that is so appreciated. So today we are talking about self-care, and boy, do we have to talk. Self-care is not selfish. It's not. And I'm happy that this is coming out more and more because I feel like we're becoming a little bit more in tune with the needs of our own body and mind, and I think that is absolutely incredible. So some of the questions that we will be diving into today are, what is self-care? What are some stressors? Tips on how to put yourself first. We dive into this whole, is it selfish conversation? Because I've heard self-care being called selfish, and that is absolutely wrong. And we talk about some guilt-free ways to self-care in the event that you're still working through that guilt that has been thrust upon you by society. Okay, so what is self-care? Because not everybody knows what it is. So self-care, according to the World Health Organization, broadly defines it as the ability of individuals, families, and communities to promote health, prevent disease, maintain health, and to cope with illness and disability with or without the support of a healthcare provider. However, A more detailed definition pertaining to this research is their definition of individual self-care. So that includes elements of self-reliance, empowerment, autonomy, a big one, personal responsibility, and self-efficacy. So although, at least on my Instagram, I have been posting more of the individual type of self-care definition, according to the WHO, you have to look at self-care holistically in that it's not just your mind, it is your mind, of course. It's your mental health and it's also your body. And you have to look at your entire self as this beautiful creation, as this temple that you're living in. You use this to do everything in life. You use it to enjoy life. You use it for work. You use it for everything, mind and body. So this should be a priority in your life, taking care of your instrument. That's how I look at it. A study by BMC Palliative Care in April 2018 defined it as the self-initiated behavior that people choose to incorporate to promote good health and general well-being. Marnie Amsalem, a licensed psychologist, said that self-care is anything that you do for yourself that feels nourishing. And I do hope I pronounced her last name correctly. The International Self-Care Foundation. This exists. (laughs) This exists. The ISF uses the who's. I just, I love saying that. I love saying that because I love the band, the who. If you have not listened to them, please go after you finish listening to this podcast, type in the who on YouTube, listen a little bit, classic rock, give it to me. Yes. So the ISF uses the who's definition from the nineties. And that definition is self-care is what people do for themselves to establish and maintain health and to prevent and deal with illness. It's a broad concept encompassing hygiene, general and personal, nutrition, 
type and quality of food eaten, lifestyle, sporting activities, leisure, etc., environmental factors, living conditions, social habits, socioeconomic factors, income level, cultural beliefs, and self-medication. So I think the whole trend of self-care is centered around the journaling and the affirmations, and that's important. And I do that quite often. I actually love to write down on a monthly basis. I do the little manifestation ritual, but it's way more than that. And I think that we need to start realizing that self-care is all-encompassing because there are various factors that play into how you feel. Mind is a really big part of it, but there are so many other factors, as I just listed. One other very important thing to note is that self-care is unique to each person, and it's not a one-size-fits-all kind of deal. It can even vary from day to day for one person. So one of the most important parts of self-care is figuring out a routine, whatever that is, it could be different every day, figuring out a routine that works for you based on your needs. I think a lot of times we go on YouTube and we Google morning routine or we look at other people's routines and that's fine. You can totally look at what other people are doing, but you have to understand that we're all different. So one very clear example that I'll I love to include my personal examples here just to talk through everything. My husband is a morning person. He is up raging in the morning and I am like, even if I've gotten 25 hours of sleep, 25 hours of sleep, I'm perfectly fine. Everything is okay with me. I will still drag myself out of bed as if I haven't slept for six years. And that's just who I am. And that's just who he is. So our routines are not going to be the same, even though we're living together. It's really important to understand that. Go and look at other people's routines, take those examples and try them out. But if it doesn't work for you, that doesn't mean that you failed. It doesn't mean that there's anything wrong. It just means that you have different needs and you might need to spend a little bit of time figuring them out. So now that we have our definition of self-care, let's talk about what some stressors are. So there are two types of stressors. There are internal stressors and there are external stressors. So let's go in first. <laughs> let's, let's dive in to ourselves. So some internal stressors are putting others first, people-pleasing, bad diet, hydration, And again, when I say bad diet, I'm not talking about you need to eat salads every single day, seven days a week. I'm just talking in a general sense. But hydration, there's really no other way to put it. You got to drink a lot of water. I personally have had to make a very conscious effort to drink more water because I was literally just dehydrating myself into a prune, into a raisin. Another internal stressor is a lack of sleep negative self-talk, self-criticism, that goes back to forgiving yourself, which I talked about in my previous podcast episode. So go check that out. Anxiety and depression. So these are all internal stressors. Some external stressors are major life changes, obviously. They, They may not even necessarily be negative things. They're just major life changes that kind of dramatically change your life very quickly. So marriage, buying a new home, a new job, 
even though they might be positive and happy moments, it's still a change. Some other examples of external stressors are bullying, external stressor, toxic work culture. I actually have an episode coming out about toxic work culture. And that episode is coming out on Monday, August 16th. If you follow me on Instagram at Tea with Basha, every Monday I usually post a notification, a reminder of the fact that I'm launching an episode. I include the episode title and a little blurb about it. So go follow me on Tea with Basha and you'll pretty much have access to reminders. I also love to post empowerment, motivational quotes that I've seen on various platforms, also Pinterest, and my own little kind of brain dumps every now and then. Because my goal is just to motivate and inspire you as often as I can. So now that we understand what self-care is, we can identify some internal and external stressors. How do you start? What do you do? I'm going to offer you these seven pillars of self-care. And FYI, all my sources for the things that I speak about are going to be listed in the description in case you want to check out these various articles yourself. Just wanted to put that out there. So the seven pillars of self-care. Number one, knowledge and health literacy. You are your biggest advocate and you will always be your best advocate. It is important to educate yourself on all of these topics. If you are listening to this podcast, you most definitely have access to a computer, right? Or a phone. Take 10 minutes a day to find articles to read about self-care, about mental health. It will be an investment in yourself. And that's the best investment. I think we often look at investing our time, money, and energy into things outside of ourselves. But we have to remember that every single thing starts with us. So try to invest in yourself a little bit more. It doesn't have to be financial. It doesn't have to be purchasing something for yourself. It could very well be waking up a little bit earlier and spending 10 minutes meditating. There are plenty of free resources out there. The second pillar is mental well-being. In my opinion, mental well-being goes along with number one because you are using the knowledge that you gain to improve your mental well-being. And you don't have to do this alone. There's absolutely no shame in reaching out and getting help as needed. Don't allow any negative mindset of others impact your decision to get whatever help you need. Number three, physical activity. I am a creature of comfort. If it were up to me, I would love to just sleep as much as possible, but I do the opposite. I try to push myself as much as possible. (laughs) That can be a little toxic sometimes. I can take it overboard, but I've noticed that incorporating a physical routine into my daily life has impacted me in a way that I didn't expect. It's not about looking a certain way whatsoever. It's about treating your body like the beautiful creation that it is. It's about taking care of this body that you have. And whether it means taking yourself on a walk for 20 minutes or riding your bike for 20 minutes, physical activity doesn't have to be intensive workouts 
for two hours to the point where you're literally crawling out of the gym. I think that's a crazy definition that some people might have. I completely disagree with that. I don't think you have to kill yourself in the gym to be physically active. Meditation, yoga, all of these things are amazing physical ways to actively take care of your body. Number four, healthy eating. I know not everyone wants to hear this. (laughs) I don't want to say this and I don't want to hear it. Eating healthy is instrumental in feeling your best and in self-care. And again, I'm not talking about eating a salad three to four times a day. I am talking about nourishing your body because a lot of vitamins and minerals and pretty much nutrition and health we can get from food. You are what you eat, right? So if you're eating just junk food all the time, that's what your body is using for energy and fuel you are literally fueling your body. So you don't have to be on any sort of diet. The word diet, like I literally cannot take that word because that's not what this is about. Eating healthy is a lifestyle. And our lifestyle of healthy eating needs to include foods that we love, whatever those foods are. There's no food, in my opinion, that you need to be cutting out of your diet. If you have a balanced diet, that is. If your diet is primarily, and again, I'm not a nutritionist, but if your diet is primarily junk food and you're not feeling too great, you might want to look at that and reevaluate what you're doing because it could very well be that the energy you're giving your body as fuel in the form of food is actually bringing you down. This isn't about imposing limits or being strict. This is about finding a balance. And understanding that the food that we're actually consuming, the food, the water, the drinks, everything, is literally making up our physical form. Once I understood that, once that really set in, that whatever I was putting in my body was literally creating the cells that I work with, it was much easier to make better choices. And I still eat out. I will not not be eating out. That's just not in the cards for me. I will never be someone that's a strict dieter. I love food too much. But what I will say is I will make a better choice when I'm eating out. Because I understand that literally what's on my plate is going to be my skin, my hair, my, it'll affect my eyesight potentially. Like these are crazy things that we don't think about. But once we start to think about them that way, things kind of change. And I've noticed based on what I eat, my performance either improves or worsens. I don't just mean working out wise. I mean, work wise, emotionally, all of these things take a toll. So just start to think about that. So pillar five is risk avoidance. And this one is actually tricky because Avoiding all risk, and I'm curious what you think. If you want to DM me on Instagram and just let me know your thoughts, I would actually love to hear your thoughts on this because I'm I'm right in the middle. Avoiding all risks in life is impossible because everything we do comes with a risk on some level. Obviously, avoiding the bad things like smoking, and there's a picture of a motorcycle helmet on here 
I'm guilty of riding a motorcycle and of having a motorcycle license at one point in my life, but that is in the past. I feel like avoiding too much risk puts you in a situation of constant fear, and that can be a little bit dangerous. So it's about finding risks that you are comfortable taking that don't push you too far out of your comfort zone because you want to get out of your comfort zone every now and then. I think that's important and I think it's healthy, but I would love to hear what you have to say. DM me. Let me know what you think about risks and risk avoidance. Do you think that risk avoidance should be a pillar of self-care? And what does that mean to you? So pillar number six Good hygiene. Good hygiene is so instrumental in feeling your best. There's something about a shower. It just like, you could feel the worst that you've ever felt and a shower will just kind of wash away your troubles. Having a hygiene routine can literally change your life. You look forward to waking up and taking care of yourself. You look forward to the moments when you're doing your hair and whatever it is that you do for yourself, hygiene-wise, you look forward to. So try to make sure that you create your perfect hygiene routine. One way that I did this was I am absolutely obsessed with body scrubs and body washes. So I went out, I went to Target, and I literally bought a body scrub and a body wash in different scents. So every single day when I wake up in the morning, based on how I'm feeling, I have my different scents. So one day I have orange and citrus. Another day I have rose. Another day I have vanilla. Whatever it is that I'm feeling that day, it makes it more of an experience rather than just the standard soap and water. And I know this may not apply to everyone, but that's just a tip that I want to offer. And pillar seven is rational use of products and services. So if you're into supplements, and I think we all take supplements, maybe not all of us, but I know I do every now and then. So in case you didn't know, I'm actually on the FDA's website and dietary supplements are regulated by the FDA as food, not as drugs. So let me just read you what the FDA says here. Many dietary supplements contain ingredients that have strong biological effects, which may conflict with a medicine you are taking or a medical condition you may have. Products containing hidden drugs are also sometimes falsely marketed as dietary supplements, putting consumers at even greater risks. And again, I'm not a medical professional, so please consult with yours. But at least for me, I try to invest in supplements that are a little more legitimate. And it can be costly. But again, like with everything, you have to look at this as you're putting all of this in your body. So just be conscious of what you're putting in your body because, okay, you may be saving a few bucks now, but later on when this $5 supplement that you just bought off of some random person comes back to bite you down the line, the expense may be a little greater. So just be aware of that because I think that people, at least I've observed a lot of people just very freely taking supplements. And the more information that you have, the better. So just make sure to educate yourself. Look at the ingredients list. Look at the source. Invest in yourself. You're really the only person you've got at the end of the day. Some other ideas for self-care are daily affirmations. I mentioned that earlier. And those can come in the form of little reminder signs. You can just 
write short little affirmations, place them in visible locations like your home, your car, your work desk, and just look at them throughout the day, just as reminders. Because if you look at them enough, they become a part of your subconscious. And taking your thoughts and what you want and what you desire out of life, whatever that is, it's very powerful to put that in writing. So don't forget that. Journaling is a great one. I used to journal so much. I loved it. I do write down on a monthly basis my goals and do little check-ins with myself to see where I'm at. But write down your goals, hopes, dreams, daily activities, whatever it is that you want to journal, try it. Even if you're trying to track progress, it's so wonderful to track your progress over time and then go back to the day one and see how far you've come and whatever it is that it is, whatever you undertake. And take care of your body. Sleep, sleep is so important. So many biological functions happen while you sleep. Sleep is instrumental to your well-being, and I think that's one of the biggest things that we neglect. The next question we talk about is whether self-care is selfish. Because I know that some people can view it as such. The simple answer is no. Self-care can be considered to be part of your health routine, like brushing your teeth. Part of self-care is saying no to certain things, which can be very difficult for people, but it's a crucial component of setting boundaries. According to Psychology Today, saying yes to people, which is basically people-pleasing, constantly can increase stress levels that can lead to burnout, anxiety, and irritability. But saying no more frequently can lead to increased self-confidence and give you more time for self-care. This applies to family, friends, and coworkers alike. And I know that it's difficult because I think part of it is we don't want people to dislike us. We don't want to cause any drama. But at the end of the day, if caring for yourself causes drama in whatever relationship you're trying to set a boundary, that relationship might need to be examined a little further by you. Another difficult aspect of self-care is the guilt. A lot of people can feel guilty having downtime or spending time doing self-care activities. That's because we typically think of success as achievement-based. And if we're not doing anything, we're not working towards a goal, we can't see what we're achieving. However, taking time to perform that self-care actually helps us reach those goals way more frequently. Try a morning routine, whatever works for you, and watch. Self-care can help reduce fatigue, which means more energy to do the things that you want to do or need to do. This is about giving to ourselves. If we don't give enough to ourselves, we cannot be in the best place to give to others. You can't give if there isn't anything left, and that's just the truth. Now, to get to the whole guilt-free aspect of self-care, it takes some time and it takes some practice. Here are some tips on how to get into that mentality. So first, treat self-care as a responsibility. And responsibilities are not selfish. So there's nothing to feel guilty about. If you are a goal or achievement-oriented person, set self-care goals. Develop short daily habits. Five-minute journaling. Set your alarm 10 minutes earlier so you can eat breakfast. Take a walk around the block a few times a week. Fill your water bottle at the start of your day. 
pack your bag and pick out your outfit the night before. Like these little things over time, they add up. Also, if you're just getting started setting boundaries, set small boundaries first and then work up to the larger ones. If you're having a hard time doing this, again, as I mentioned, work with a therapist on developing a self-care plan. It's totally normal and totally okay. Go on a date with yourself. There is no shame in taking yourself out on a date. Take yourself to the spa. Take care of yourself. You don't have to be attached to someone at all times to do something nice for yourself. And finally, check in with yourself. How are you feeling? What do you need? Take a few minutes to just think about that. And remember, the best investment you can ever make is in yourself. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Today we discussed what self-care is. We discussed some stressors. We discussed the seven pillars of self-care and why self-care is not selfish. I want to thank you so much for listening to this show. And if you're a first-time listener or a returning guest, please subscribe. Follow me on Instagram at Tea with Basha and enjoy the rest of your week. And we will see you next Monday.